Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 39 of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner. And my name is Raven. Welcome back. I know. It's awesome to be back. And on this episode, we are talking about the Atari VCS is now open for pre-orders. You can uh, pick it up for $249 or a lot more. Plus, Google says that they won't kill ad blockers, but they're continuing to move to kill ad blockers. Plus, Microsoft moves to separate the UI from the OS, taking cues from uh, Nick's systems since time immemorial. All this and more today. So first up, I just want to say, welcome back, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic to be back. There's a there's a chart that I sent Raven, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, and I'll probably tweet it out on Twitter, uh, that shows that people really don't like listening to me talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, Statistically, it's, kind of it's me. It's me. It's, oh, it's definitely Raven. It's not anything <laughs> to do with me. It's all you, man. Look at that flat line. <laughs> Oh man, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to have you back. I I enjoy our conversations and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool that you're here, man. Yes, it's fantastic to finally be back. So the first story today is that uh, the Atari VCS is open for pre-orders. Now I don't think we were doing the show when the the Atari VCS Indiegogo launched. Um, no, no, gosh, that was so long ago. Yeah, it feels they've, like they've changed the hardware for this thing so many times. God, it feels because before they had Vega graphics, they had like the older, what was it, Kaviri graphics or whatever. You know, back back before yeah. they launched Ryzen, like it it it's been a while. It definitely has been a while, and uh, so the according to the pre-orders, according to Engadget's post here. Um, uh, the Atari VCS 400 comes with an AMD processor, uh, an embedded Vega graphics card, and four gigabytes of RAM. And uh, this totals, uh, so this package totals uh, $249. And if you want to upgrade the RAM, the Atari VCS 800 has the same specs as above, but eight gigabytes of RAM, and that's $279. But then if you start to tack on all the accessories and all the other things, it, it starts to become this confusing mess. Basically, if you want the entire package, which includes the classic style Atari joystick, then um, you're going to be looking at paying 49 bucks. But if you also want the modern gamepad, it's going to be an additional $59. So in total, it looks like you're, you're if you want the whole complete package with the VCS 800, it's like 389 bucks. And, you know, I don't know if I could justify that cost. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, who's this for? I know. Like, that's, that that's, that is, that is my biggest question because, you know, Atari has some really great classics and they are just that classics. Yeah. Because relics. Yeah. We're talking like eighties <laughs> and seventies. Hmm. But they, they do have some really nice stuff. But again, who is it for? Yeah. I mean, like, these games predate me and and definitely you as well. And yeah, so, I'm a like, year younger than you. So, of course, they predate me. They predate yeah. you. So, oh, and, man. Basic and math. And the other, the, uh, basic math, right. But the <laughs> other thing is, these games predate both of us. However, 
this thing you, you don't need uh an amd processor with a vega graphics card and eight gigabytes of ram to emulate these and i don't right. think that that's the primary um no it has its own store and everything it just happens yeah. to be filled with a bunch of atari games right but a they're gonna let atari other people games. be on there plus you can install anything you want on it so i just don't understand what it's for like because right. it's not like a playstation classic like where you buy it and then you know you get some games and that's it it's a it's it's a it's it's an atari style computer like that's all it is they bill it as uh what do they call it a living console like they want like actual game developers to publish their games on this thing but i just don't like i just don't know who the hell this is for it like like you said i mean you know i would be i would be interested to see you know what game developers actually bring their games to uh the system um on the flip side, you know, if you're able to install Steam on here because these are AMD processors, these are like desktop processors, then being able to install Steam and being able to play your games on uh, on your living room TV, uh, that's not a bad price tag, you know, 279 bucks for yeah. like a mid-range gaming PC. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know which Vega it is, but you know, there is a uh, Vega that's actually pretty beefy for an integrated yeah, I mean, this like is it's like faster a, than a PlayStation Four, right? This see, is like a so. lower to mid-range gaming PC, and for two hundred seventy-nine bucks, I mean, that's not bad at all. Yeah, you just have to buy a hard drive for it, probably. It doesn't say what the storage is, does it? Let's no, see. it doesn't. It really uh, doesn't. But I mean, but you could put Windows on it if you wanted to, or Linux, or whatever. Really, well, it I mean, has that's, Linux on it. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can put any distro you want on it. It's not locked down. You can just throw anything you want on it. They didn't lock it yeah. down. Part that's, of me is that's, really that's what I mean. to get one of these. Right. But that's what that's also what I mean. Like, I don't understand what it's for. Like, I don't understand who it's for or what it's for because, I mean, like, yeah, again, I say again, who is this for? Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. I love the fact that they made it, and it's great that it runs on Linux. But I just don't understand who it's for. Mm. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I've been wondering this for a while about who it's for, because you know they want developers to sell games for it, but they're not courting any developers. To, to my mm. knowledge, they're not doing anything with any developers. It's just going to launch with their stuff. Right. Why are they not getting indies on that? Well, I'm on their website right now, and there is a button that says "Become a Developer." Oh yeah, but, yeah. Oh god, that page is red. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, '80s. AtariVCS.com. Very. I mean, it looks cool. I would love to have the wood paneled one. Yeah, and apparently, then oh, that's another like uh, thing where these uh, some of these uh, you can only get the wood paneled one from atari.com uh if you want like a different one you have if you want the black fronted one you have to go to gamestop to get it and if you want like there's a kevlar style one yeah uh, walmart sound like a gold one yeah yeah i mean they all look nice i mean and uh another thing too about them is um you know you, you can basically do i mean it's just a computer you can do almost anything you want with it yeah but again, well, I, mean, I just even on I don't page, understand who it's for. Yeah, well, on this page, there's a bootable external USB hard drive for two hundred fifty dollars, and it has Windows ten pre installed on it. 
Yeah. That makes no sense. No, it's weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like, uh, intrigued by this. Like I, I actually did not go, uh, to, to their Kickstarter or was it Indiegogo that they did? I didn't actually do that. Um, I was kind of like skeptical when I made my video, a lot of people were like, ah, this is not going to even like come to market. Like this is just a scam. But at this point, like it looks like it's coming to market. I mean, yeah. And so I'm, if it hits the market and I can afford it, I'm going to pick one of these up just to see what it's all about. Well, here's the developer thing. I don't know if you click that button or not. Develop what you want, how you want. There are no prerequisites to be a developer. Every system box is capable of being a developer kit. That's kind of cool. We don't have a complex development system. A developer can use any 64-bit Linux code. So I suppose that means that basically it's just going to obviously run any standard Linux application. You can wow. use standard APIs in any third-party software that supports Linux. Use any development environment you want, including Windows or Linux, any compiler you want, any debugger you want. We will provide dedicated AMD tools in order to profile and debug the GPU. That's probably just going to be one of AMD's own tools. I forget what it's called. Yeah. And then graphics support includes support for OpenGL, Vulkan, and hardware command buffer rendering. So yeah, it's just it's probably just going to use the open source drivers for the Vega, which I don't know how good those are. Great. For the Vega, the the A the Ryzen two AMD APU, I don't know how good those are. Actually. Well, I have a Vega sixty four. I'm not sure how they relate to each other, but like, uh, well, I have one of those, uh, you know, those Nook boxes that has like the Intel and the AMD combo. Yeah. That no one ever bought because they were really expensive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the drivers for those, I don't know how they are now because I haven't updated that thing in a while, and I just kind of got it just to sort of have it. Don't ask. Um, I like I like really small setup development boxes like that. Anyway, moving on. Um, the drivers for that thing were pretty bad when it came out. Like on mm. Linux, they they were bad. Like the only thing that was even remotely usable were the AMD proprietary drivers. And I hate using those things. Yeah. AMD's. I don't care what anyone says, but AMD's proprietary drivers are just trash. Yes, they're they annoying. Are. They're very annoying. The open source drivers are wonderful, but their closed drivers are just trash. Yeah, I <laughs> absolutely. The video literally love... the opposite. <laughs> right. I I love the fact that I'm running open source drivers on my gaming rig. It's it's so nice, dude. <laughs> yeah. The only downside is is if you want to fully use the card, you still end up having to get proprietary shit, which sucks. Yeah. But well, it is what I mean, it is. there. I don't think that there's what is there that needs proprietary stuff. The hardware encoder, the built-in the hardware encoder. encoder. The hardware encoder is now working as free software. Yeah, but you still need the you still need a, a blob for the H.264 and H.265 rendering. Oh, okay. Because licensing. <laughs> yeah assholes yeah i don't know if it does anything <laughs> other than actually just enable if that makes any sense but yeah it probably quotes, it probably just doesn't do anything it's probably a very small file that just says yay here it is and yeah and most of the rest of the code is open um there might be some other stuff but i don't know like there's like there's there's probably a binary blob for the hdmi drm crap not that i would imagine anyone actually uses that on uh you know, well, a computer, period. Right. But technically, the cards do support it. Yeah. Because it's part of the standard. You know what was so screwy the other day? I was, like, 
I was standing in an Airbnb with my girlfriend, and we um. Well, there's like, a terrible idea. <laughs> well, it was like actually like it wasn't really an Airbnb. It was like a cottage, like a rental cottage thing, and they were like listing them on Airbnb. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, what happened was did they have security cameras? No, uh, I had my switch with me, and they had a TV in the hotel room, and I plugged my switch into the TV, and we couldn't watch Hulu through the switch on the TV because that TV didn't support, I, I don't know what it was, HDMI 2.1 or whatever the handshake is. And so all the audio was just total garbage. Like it was just a complete garbage <laughs> experience. And it was like, not all things are created equally, man. Oh, dude. Uh, I, that kind of stuff makes me absolutely like bananas, dude. So I had to take my laptop and plug it in and it worked with the laptop through my web browser. So stupid. Yeah, so stupid. they suck. I mean, Thanks it makes Nintendo. sense in a way, though. It, it, well, I don't know if that's Nintendo's fault so much as no. that's the requirement for Hulu. Yeah. I mean, that that is actually one of the reasons why uh, Chrome is, like, one of the only places that actually has, like, 4K and only on specific platforms is because they forcibly use the HDMI DRM crap. Yeah. It won't work if you don't have it. But, you know, like, monitors and stuff tend to support that. Whether you use it or not, it doesn't matter. It, it supports it. Right. It fully supports the standard. Ugh. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> it's just moronic. You know, I bet if you ran it through one of those, uh, uh, you know, like those switches that, you know, like, what are the KBM switches, I believe they're called, you know, so you can, like, run, like, multiple machines on, like, same monitors. Yeah. It should fail to run it then. Because I don't know if it can handle the DRM. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Should. I don't know. I've never tried it because I don't use stuff like that anymore. I used to, but, I mean, come on. Back when I used to use that stuff, VGA was still a thing. So, <laughs> and there's a way to feel old. Yeah. Holy cow. I, I used VGA and DVI. <laughs> I remember using uh, DVI to D-sub adapters. That was a fun time. Actually, I think my server is has a DVI to D sub adapter. You know, I have um, I have uh, DVI to VGA and VGA to DVI adapters. I also have you know adapters for DVI to HDMI and the other way around. Nice. Because over the years, I've owned so many weird stuff, and it's just like, why do I have this? I was going through a box of it a couple weeks ago. And I looked at it and I was like, where did I even get this? Yeah. Because, you know, it's just this black piece of, like, adapter with no writing on it. And I'm like, where did I get this thing? I have no idea where I got it. I have a passive HDMI splitter. And it makes the signal so weak that most TVs can't even... It makes the signal unusable for most TVs. It's, It's insane. But I got it for a very specific reason, and I don't remember what the use case was anymore. Um, it's really <laughs> funny, though. Like, all my friends will, like, call me up, and they're like, hey, man, uh, I have, like, this weird-looking USB port on my camera. Do you happen to have, like, something that would work for that? Yes, I do. Come on, go and come over and borrow it. <laughs> I Like, all the time, people are like, oh, I just looked this up online, and apparently this is called a... Uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of, like... Uh, well, what are the what are the micro uh, 
like the mini HDMI version two or whatever, like the really weird small one that looks kind of like a micro HDMI port. Like Isn't I, that a mini HDMI? Isn't that what it's called, literally? It's a it's a mini USB or mini, mini US, micro. Mini micro. I don't know. I, don't I know. just searched for mini HDMI and that's what I came up with. USB. I mean, port. are you talking about Display Port? No, I'm talking about like USB ports. But it's like it's between it's smaller USB-C? than a micro, but it's not a micro. It's a USB. They've they've made so many changes to USB here lately. It's become annoying. Oh man, we could we could go off on that. Oh, it's micro A or no? It's called USB Mini A, I think. Yeah. Okay. Great. Oh, and there it is. Micro A, Micro B, Micro A B. <laughs> a lot of it's been deprecated, which is super. All the mini and micros are gone. Yeah, they've been deprecated going forward. Good. Well, that's I that's a those. good idea. The HDMI, uh, I mean, the USB Type C is like my favorite adapter of all time. Yeah, that one's probably going to just become the standard going forward. Like, even if they got rid of like Type A ports, I would be totally cool with that. Type A and Type B are deprecated now. Nice. The only the only one standing is USB C. The only one standing is USB C. Wait, Type A was re- deprecated as of USB three point two. Type A, like the standard square normal yes, USB it's port. Been, it's been deprecated. Whoa. Yes, according to the standard. Yes, the only where, thing remaining. Where are you seeing that? On the Wikipedia gonna... page for it. Oh. Just scroll down to overview there. It's kind of, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because USB-C just kind of does it all already, plus extra stuff, so why not just make everything USB-C? Right. USB is, like, uh, so good. And it's not like, it's not like they're going to just suddenly stop, you know, like, they're still going to have, because, I mean, Type-B, I I can't think of what much what Type-B was used for anyway, but uh, for, as far as Type-A goes, they'll, they'll keep Type-A on computers and stuff for a little while before they gradually just go to USB-C. Yeah. And honestly, USB-C is probably the only thing that can handle the new super plus speeds of 48 bits a second anyway. Right. This has a lot of extra pins. Yeah. So, Dude, this I mean, is 40 fascinating. Bits. I'm yeah. going to post this in the show notes. I didn't know that they had deprecated type A ports. That's really, I didn't either. really exciting. But I also don't like what they did with USB. Because it's like USB 3 is 5, USB 3.1 is 10, USB 3.2 is 20, and USB 4 is 40. It's like, ugh. Because, you know, that is just so stupid of the standard. Like, really? Yeah. Really? And USB like, you're really going to do that? Isn't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't USB 4 basically just Thunderbolt 3? I'm but pretty sure I read that. that sort it of? Is, it's just Thunderbolt 3, and they're licensing it from Intel. Sort of. Remember, Intel makes USB and Thunderbolt. So yeah. it's like they're they're kind of just consolidating the technologies with two different ends. I don't even know. It makes know. no sense. It, it's, it's, it's weird, but it is what it is. And I don't even know when we're even going to get USB 4 because, hell, they're still rolling out USB 3 and 3.1 stuff. Yeah. I mean, in, in fairness, outside of a few specific situations, you really don't need much more speed anyway. I mean, four hundred and sixty K should be enough for anybody. <laughs> you mean six hundred and forty K. 
Yeah, that's what Go I want now. I'm just no, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that way. I just meant it <laughs> in a way like, you know, usually, you know, a lot of computers like their hard drives will be a bottleneck or, you know, the I.O. will be a bottleneck. You know, the whole the whole uh, chipset will be a bottleneck before you ever. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you reached full speed copying something off of USB stick? But it's not just about, uh, you know, disk I.O. This is about like, you know displays and stuff yeah 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 i know i know but at okay. that point i'd rather use display port i mean i get it Why? you know they're probably trying to like consolidate the standard down you know dude if it was just if there was just one port that did it yeah all, it's called display port it's called usb c usb 4 type c you can you can apparently actually send usb data uh, and audio and various other stuff down a DisplayPort, so I don't really care. And yeah. DisplayPort is an actually fully open standard, not encumbered by Intel. DisplayPort is? Mm-hmm. Thunderbolt It's designed by VESA. I know. Intel owns essentially USB and Intel. Um, um, Thunderbolt. Hmm. I would much rather have DisplayPort become the thing. I really, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. The end result will be amazing, most likely, so. Yeah. Well... We're off topic. That's the name wow. of the show. This, <laughs> we went from the Atari VCS to USB standards. <laughs> I don't even know how we got here. Oh, we were talking. Yeah, okay. We were talking about cables and stuff. Anyway, I want to know what you guys think. Are you are you excited about the Atari VCS? Or did you pre-order one? Um, let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. Split um, what do you think about... Uh, USB type uh, or USB four uh, deprecating the the Type A port. That's actually really really interesting. Again, let us know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io. All right, Google says they don't want to kill ad blockers. Yeah. But they're okay. moving to kill ad blockers. Uh, what do you think about this story, man? Uh, I think, what was it, last year when they announced that they were killing ad blockers, that that's really what they were doing. I said it last year. I'll say it this year. Google uh, wants to give you its ads. It's almost as if Google makes a huge chunk of their money through advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. basically Hilariously, this might boost Firefox again. Firefox might be king again after this. Yeah, let's hope. Um, so basically what's going on here, if you don't know what's happening, um, Google uh, runs the Chromium project and they own Chrome and they are moving to deprecate uh, a part of the extensions API that allows ad blockers to cancel network re network requests from ad networks, right? Um, and what happens is this network, the API that these uh, blockers rely on sends the the data through the api or through the extension and then the the uh, extension is like eh, cancel that one cancel that one cancel that one what what they're doing now is uh they're they've created this new api it's called declarative net request and it's supposedly uh it's supposed to quote protect your privacy but uh, we all know how much google cares about privacy um, yeah that 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 defense is so weird it protects your privacy how like well, how does it protect your privacy more than before i can understand slightly where they're coming from 
where the, because what they're what happens is with the current system the uh ad blocker gets like current on like always on real-time access to all network requests uh to like and most of the data going outbound uh from the from the browser and so uh instead of doing it that way um the declarative net request would require that the um extension declares all of the uh the functions that are and the and the web addresses that need to be you know filtered or whatever at like at the startup of the browser or before any of the network traffic is actually sent or received and that way um the the browser handles uh canceling right. the requests right Right. Um, so but I we can, have to trust the browser to actually do that. Exactly. That's what the problem is. It's like, you know, Google makes all of their money or the vast majority of their money from ad block or from ad sales. And so an ad block is an active uh, <laughs> detriment to their company and yeah. they control Chrome. So it's like that is a conflict of interest right there. But and, wasn't, wasn't there like an issue too? like they could only submit so many yeah like it, it was it so declarative net request was limited to thirty thousand rules, but I believe they have upped that to a hundred and fifty thousand rules um, might not be enough i yeah uh, uBlock origin guy um uh, what I can't remember his name, but he said that even a hundred and fifty thousand might be uh you know not enough um but I think you know the thing is too it's like how much of uh the reaction from these developers are is is an overreaction just because they don't want to have to like re-engineer their extension versus how much of it is like a legitimate well, gripe. And I, and I completely, the, uh, there's a lot of problems with what Google's doing here and I'm not defending them at all. Well, it's um, one of those, it's like, you know, it just seems, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten stupider over the years. Like if you noticed how, you know, you see this with Gnome a lot, like, Everything's being designed so that no one really gets to control what they're using anymore. It, uh, like Google wants to control all the plugins in the browser, all of them. Oh, what the hell yeah. is the point of making a plugin if it everything has to go through Google? What is the point? Like I get it. Google's like, well, you know, privacy. Okay, yeah, because you have a stellar track record of that. You know what? I trust the uBlock guy more than you. <laughs> See, like, I trust I trust Google to act in uh, my interests so long as it means they make money. Yes. And so when so they can. say privacy, what they're talking about is is having basically a monopoly on my data rather than yeah. allowing other like browser extensions or whatever to harvest the same information. You know what's going to happen, right? They're going to block everyone else's ads. Yeah, but not yeah, like YouTube.com. They won't do that. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what's going to happen is um, they're going to have like uh, rules in the browser that supersede whatever the um, the extension provides. And so you're going to have an extension that says, hey, block ads on YouTube and go uh, from Google's ad network. And Chrome's going to be like, hmm, actually, uh, I'll block all these other ones you want, but I'm not going to block stuff from Google.com. Yeah, that's what it's it not going to happen. Or they'll punish you some other way. Because they'll know you're trying to do that. Maybe. I, I mean, it's an, I think it's that, all entirely possible because they're the gatekeepers then. Yeah, but I don't think that like they're they're like I think that they're most interested in in making money. And I don't think they're care, they care too much about like 
like punishing people for trying to block their stuff like as long as they're making money they don't care and so if they have control over the api and the way that these uh, ad blockers can can block requests from your browser then they can just like you know negate the the rules that block from their services it is one of the reasons why i'm glad though we use firefox yeah um i'm actually using epiphany right now by the way uh Nice. Uh, I switched back to Firefox. Oh, so speaking of ad blocking and stuff, so I switched back to Firefox briefly because I wanted to try out the latest update. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I have the DuckDuckGo Privacy Essentials, you know, which kills some of the trackers. Right. And also rate sites, although I don't actually care about that part. It's just a nice little side effect, I guess. Um, and then for uBlock Origin, I actually went into the settings and the filters list and enabled all the filters, <laughs> except for the really? regional language filters. I didn't, I didn't do that one. But yeah, I, I enabled like everything, like all of them. There wasn't that many. Uh, there was a couple from the, uh, from like malware domains and, uh, annoyances, like just, I, I don't know. I enabled everything in there, right? Cause you know, I had been getting like, uh, cause I, I don't use NoScript at the moment because, well, NoScript's a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. It's really nice, but it was starting to be getting a pain in the ass every time I'd have to go to a new site and the page would just be blank or yep. really messed up and having to enable everything. It just got old. Yeah, it, so, it really bothered me. <laughs> so I I went through and I just enabled, uh, well, everything. Like, I didn't even know why, like, the malware domains, not all of them were used. And I was like, that's just weird, right? Because they didn't use all of them. I thought that was kind of weird that they didn't use mm. them all. So I just enabled everything. And I haven't actually encountered any problems with surfing the web. That's awesome. Yeah. I have no idea if that matters or, or not, but whatever. Anyway, so we have that with Firefox. And then to top that off, the latest update of Firefox, I don't know if you know this or not, but it finally disables most crypto miners and fingerprinters. Yeah, I was reading about that. Like the fingerprinter Dude, thing is really interesting. It actually, like, you know, because I, I have really fast internet. Really fast internet. Yeah. But, you know, you have fast internet. Have you noticed how these days some websites still take a long time to load, even though we're downloading like 10 megabytes a second or more from their servers? Yeah, because you know it's compiling JavaScript and all the other crap, dude. Websites load a lot faster now because Since this latest Firefox update. Yeah. No, I'm thinking that a lot of websites have damn crypto miners everywhere, like oh, legitimate probably. ones too. Yeah, I mean, dude, um, what was the one that I had open the other day, and it was like, uh, every time I would switch back to the tab, like my I don't remember which one it was, but I was on a website. Every time I'd switch back to the tab, instantly I could hear my 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 laptop fan just start going, like it like was like sucking electricity. Uh, it was insane. Uh, what website was that? I don't remember, but it was it was like really. Uh, I was like, oh man, I guess I'm not going to use this website anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so since I enabled all that crap. Uh, I didn't know uBlock had all those settings. It never looked. It just installed it and was happy with it. And then the other day, I was like, I wonder how much more annoying things I can get rid of with uBlock. <laughs> Turns out a lot. Yeah. Uh, 
And also, I told Ublock to... What is it? Because I, I, I disabled some stuff, which had some interesting uh, side effects. Hang on, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, what did I tell it to do by default? Oh, right. Uh, it disables uh, remote um, uh, fonts. I block all remote fonts. Really? Mm. Why? Yeah, because most of them come from Google. <sighs> Yeah. You know it's true, but it okay, dude. They inject their tracking crap into literally everything. That's true. So if you get a font from them, they track you. Anyway, outside of websites looking kind of like what on earth? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, it's affected not just the text, but like you know some of the ASCII stuff. You know, like there are yeah. certain fonts that have certain. You know, special characters and some websites use them, so they just load up as like this this blob of error. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. You know, it's still readable. It doesn't make the page look bigger or anything. But it's like like where there should have been like a heart or something. It's just this like unreadable ASCII. So it's like okay, whatever, dude. That's so funny. That's so funny to me. I know. I was like, because when it first happened. I was like, what the hell's going on? What is wrong? So, like, I restarted my computer, and then it dawned on me, I'm blocking the font. So, it this font doesn't have that special character in it, apparently. Yeah. Or a way uh, to do it. So, yeah, it, it did it. Because uh, I tested it. As soon as I re-enabled fonts, it, everything went back fine. So, yeah. I was just like, okay, whatever. So, I just, I, I set it back. So, yeah, a few of my, uh, a few of my websites are just totally broken. Oh my god, that's so funny, dude. I know. Like the other day, I was on I was on Twitter, and uh, like something happened, and like the hearts on the, Twitter don't load for me. The hearts on Twitter didn't, didn't load, but that but like the little they do icons now. at the top of the page. Uh, what are they? Um, like no, the, they load now. They all load now, but for some reason they didn't load for me for a while. Right. I don't know like, what happened. It for a for a like like a day almost like the the little icons at the top of the page like for messages and notifications and stuff were like japanese or chinese characters and i was like what the hell's happening but then i realized that th that's a custom font and that's what was going on is that yeah. the font was like those characters were like supposed to be replaced by different characters on a different font mm -hmm. but that's so funny that you're just like what on earth yeah i was <laughs> I didn't think about it, you know, because I had made so many changes. You know, I didn't just yeah. do like one change and then see. I, I just enabled almost everything uBlock has to offer, for the most part, and um, yeah, that was awkward at mm. first, but it was funny, man. I even got a good laugh when I realized what it was because I was like, "Why is it doing that?" And then I restarted because I thought, you know, maybe Firefox had just messed up. Because you know, it happens, whatever. Nope. And then I was like, ah, it must be the font. So I turned off the font and then refreshed the page and it worked. Or sorry, I turned the fonts on. And uh, yeah, but anyway, back to the original point. Everything loads so fast. Like, yeah. you know, Lunduke, he always complains about how long it takes everything to load. Dude, everything loads fast. Yeah. Because, you know, my computer compiles JavaScript really quickly. So, I mean, most computers do, you know. So, yeah, it, it's been great. And uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, they have that one website that lets you test the fingerprint. My browser is still very, like, it still has a fingerprint, but it's about as low as you can get it. Mm. Also, it complains because, you know, those, uh, 
you know how the, the the ruling the rule is now like you have the do not track so like if someone has that enabled you're not supposed to track them <clears throat> on google um well uh i keep that always on i just ignore whatever the website says and just automatically enable it like regardless so their little thing complains about that and i'm like you can mark me down for that i don't care hmm Screw what the website wants. It's about what I want. So it's like you don't need to track me. But yeah, I get a pretty good, uh, pretty good score there. Here, I'll I'll link the fingerprint to you. Oh yeah. Where do you send that? Where are you at? There you are. Oh, there we go. All right, I'll have a link to this in the show notes here. Oh, this yeah, is like the frontier. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the FF. And they, they, they'll punch it through, like, uh, you might have to remove the, the results thing, because I, I just pulled it from my history, but you can do that. No big deal. Just get rid of everything after the .org, and you're good. Anyway, and you can show fingerprint results. So 4.57 bits of identifying information. So only one in 24,359.44 browsers have the same fingerprint as you. I was like, eh, it's probably about as low as you can really get it, honestly, mm. without popping it through, like, a VPN or, you know using some you know custom made browser right that's, that'd be, you know like that's about as low as you can get it running a browser like a modern normal browser for everyday use right so what do they use to actually create like a fingerprint is it like what you have bookmarked or is it like uh i forget there was a thing on that oh i see okay right here on the page so uh they use the user agent string uh, HTTP accept headers, uh, browser plugin details, uh, time zone, screen size and color depth, system fonts, our cookies enabled, limited uh, super cookie test. I'm not sure what that is. Hash of canvas fingerprint. Oh, interesting. Hash of WebGL fingerprint. Uh, DNT header enabled language platform and touch support. That's fascinating to me yeah why and why would the why would a canvas fingerprint why what the heck is that i've never even heard of that i don't know oh it's probably for the the the, the html5 canvas i know but why would it be unique between the browsers well i guess because you know uh well see what it is 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 um uh I'm trying to think of the, how uh, words come to me um well you know like like a lot of like like smartphone browsers like when they first came out were really hard to fingerprint yeah because you know they were all new and now you know all the browsers are very well known the same thing there but i don't know why they get a canvas fingerprint maybe it's because you know there's different versions of it and yeah. different browsers support different versions so maybe well, that's how they get the hash of okay. it i don't know so here's so here's what uh, browserleaks.com says. Canvas is an HTML5 API which is used to draw graphics and animations on a web page via uh, scripting in JavaScript. But apart from this, Canvas can uh, be used as additional entropy in web browsers fingerprinting and used for online tracking purposes. The technique is based on the fact that uh, the same Canvas image may be rendered differently uh, on different computers. This happens for several reasons. At the image format level, web, uh, web browsers use different image processing engines, image export options, compression level, and the final image may 
get different checksums even if they are pixel identical. At the same level, operating systems have different fonts, they use different algorithms and settings for anti-aliasing and sub-pixel rendering. This is the first, uh, uh, okay, so that's really, really cool, so, and, and totally scary. <laughs> so just by the, the, by the fact that, you know, everyone's running like so slightly different versions of PNG rendering stuff, and you have slightly different uh, anti-aliasing and sub-pixel uh, engines and different fonts on your computer, like, it just creates a, an additional level of entropy. That's fascinating. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. Ah, uh, okay. That's it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, um. Go ahead. Uh, what was I gonna say? Back, I guess, slightly more on topic. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is everyone should just abandon Chrome and Chromium. Yeah. Because Chromium is also affected by this. Oh yeah. So of course. Yeah, just leave it and abandon it. I'm good. For, I'm glad Firefox isn't doing that. Oh yeah, Firefox uh, but is the, way better. The crypto mining and the fingerprint doesn't block everything, but man, it does a really nice job. Yeah. Because if, before all of that, dude, my score was my browser was like one in three or four thousand. So wow, take it from one in twenty four thousand. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah. If I end up uh, going back to Firefox, then uh, I will definitely get U Block Origin installed. Yeah, yeah, I use U Block Origin, and I don't even know if the DuckDuckGo privacy app is even needed anymore because Firefox has so much tracking protection on. I have I have like yeah. everything turned on, all the trackers, everything. The only thing I don't have, because I have I have I wish I had better control over cookies. Because it's like cookies from unvisited websites, all third-party cookies. Because I don't want that. Because you do need stuff. But I would like, like, I would like to be able to enable third-party trackers and cookies I've, from websites I've never visited. Like I'd like to be able to mash both those on. So that way I'm only getting cookies from websites that I'm signed in at. Because I yeah. hate signing in all the time, especially now that we're in the age of dual authentication for everything. Every time I go into Twitter or whatever, I don't want to have to pick up my phone. Right. I hate I hate two FA. By the way, I don't like two factor authentication. Really, it's a pain in the ass, and it stops me from getting into certain websites. Oh whoa! I just opened up Firefox, and I'm looking at uh, the settings, and I didn't. Uh, were you? I thought you were talking about uBlock Origin blocking fingerprints, but this is part of Firefox. Yep. Oh my god, that's really cool. Yes. Yeah, it's it's Firefox. No, with uBlock Origin, I just turned on all of their uh, lists, all of them. Wow. So this so Firefox blocks crypto miners and fingerprinting and you can block cookies from third-party trackers. trackers and trackers. And trackers. No, oh. I just do I just do custom and then I I enabled uh and you want it to be in all windows. Because they're starting to get to the point where, like, uh, the latest version of Firefox, like the last release, uh, they have it so that uh, when you're in private mode, all your plugins are automatically disabled. Yeah. So you have to, like, enable them, which is fine. Like, I How get that, you know. How often do people use private mode, though? Is that, like, a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Just, I'm just saying that it's a, it's a change. It's what they did. Is it yeah. a good change? I don't know. But it's a change. Well, I mean, the fact that, like, you know, uh, extensions get 
access to that information means that they could cache it somewhere and then it's yeah. not necessarily a private mode anymore. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Although you're probably you're probably fairly safe as far as like, you know, uh you know, uBlock Origin and uh the DuckDuckGo, you're probably fairly safe with those two. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I just I keep them all on. I don't know if it's like redundant cuz uh, I was talking to someone. They were like, "I, ins- I should install Ghostery," and I was like, "What the hell's Ghostery going to do that DuckDuck? I mean, uh, uBlock doesn't do." Yeah, but- I've heard that Ghostery is not that uh, trustworthy, but I don't know. Yeah, I think but it's yeah. mostly just for blocking ads, and some trackers. uBlock right. though, with all of its stuff, is just blocks so much stuff, man. I broke yeah. a website the other day because oh, of it. it. I blocked so much stuff that the website was designed. I guess, so that if their ads didn't load, nothing would load. And I was like, well, screw you. I just won't read whatever's on here then. How about that? I just yeah. left. I forgot what it was. <sighs> I was just trying to, it was some news site. I was like, well, whatever then. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. So so we're we've gone off topic again. Uh, but You're we're, welcome. we're a little bit on, we're still a little bit on top of, we were talking about web browsers before we're talking about web browsers now. Yeah. We stopped talking about the bad web browser that's doing bad stuff. And we started talking yeah. about a browser that actually does good stuff. As much <laughs> as Firefox has been annoying me lately, like I don't really feel that their certificate going down should kill my add-ons. Yeah. Maybe prevent them from updating. Absolutely. But not kill my add-ons. Right. And, uh, the whole Firefox paid thing doesn't really bother me. For anyone no, wondering if the, it bothers the, me. The paid thing, I actually am way behind them on that. I'm like, yes, absolutely go for it. Um, as well, long I mean, as it, not it, includes like, a, it includes a VPN service, and that stuff costs money. So Yeah, right. As long as they're not like, uh, you know. Gimping kinda, the free version. Yeah, right. Like, they're not like uh, open core, uh, you know, like that's kind of bullshit. But like, if they, um, you know, are creating these additional services on top of Firefox or, you know, that give you uh, access to these things, not just on Firefox, but on your phone and other stuff, then definitely I am totally behind that. But um, yeah, I want to know what you guys think out there in the audience. Uh, What do you think about, um, what do you think? What do you think about Chrome sucking so hard? Uh, Let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. I'm also on uh, Twitter at the Linux Gamer, and I'm on Mastodon at G Bryant at Librem.1. And uh, Raven, what are, what are your handles? Uh, see, on Twitter, I am at Raven67854, and on Mastodon, I am Raven67854 uh, at Librem1. Nice. Yep, I went with consistency. Yeah, well, I'm not a consistent guy. <laughs> I've noticed. So Raven, yes. Microsoft is uh, moving to separate the user interface of Windows 10 from the core of the operating system. What do you think about that? Well, you know, they finally caught up to everyone else 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never like... understood why they built it in to begin with because, I, yeah, I just don't understand why they built all that in to begin with. No, I don't. I don't get it either. Like, like 
What's you can the get the same functionality without dumping it all into the same code base. Yeah. It makes sense to finally split it off. It's a good decision, in my opinion. I would agree. I think it's a good decision because it lets them have stuff like the uh, the um, uh, control panel or the activities, or the action center or any of those things be independently upgradable from the operating system. And that's pretty cool. The, uh, yep. the, so what happened was, um, a Twitter user named Albacore, uh, on Twitter says that, uh, he was taking apart some of the, the, one of the windows preview builds version 18917. And, uh, and he was taking it apart and he found that there's a, a new feature called shell, uh, update agent. And it was able to obtain an update, the shell on command that's pretty interesting yeah i don't really know how i feel about it going to the microsoft store but i guess it's not really any different with the way you know we linux people update our stuff in a way so yeah well i mean the windows store is less elegant than the package manager i mean yeah significantly significantly for those of you that never used it although you know like uh windows is uh windows 10's ui system is actually very nice very very nice i would disagree with that i no i'm not talking about i'm not talking about like how it looks i mean like to work with it it's oh, very oh. nice i wouldn't yeah. know yeah it's it's really nice i don't like the way you build and package stuff for windows 10 because that part's not nice but the interface and design of it is lovely so it's nice that they're finally splitting it although for anyone getting excited i don't know why anyone listening to this podcast to get excited about windows 10 but hey if you do <laughs> Um, I don't foresee them allowing customizable interfaces or themes, though. This no. is purely just, <sighs> this is, it. you know, it's kind of starting to feel like Windows Core is really going to be a thing. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, th- not Which only is... are they doing, like, Windows Core, but they're also going to be using the Windows kernel in other things like um, uh, HoloLens and stuff like that. Yeah, that's actually what this feels like. This feels like them... Because, you know, the Windows kernel is actually pretty good, all things considered, anyway. So, you know, it, it, it it's probably a pretty good idea to start breaking this stuff up and making it more modular so that, you know, because they have this behemoth of an operating system, right? But they can't put it anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, we saw how bad it was when they translated that thing to phones. Oh, yeah. I mean, how much of the code base was actually shared between Windows Phone and, and Windows Desktop? Honestly, I'd say a lot. Really? You think so? Yeah. Especially if we're talking about like Windows 10. Because that was supposed to be one convergent. Remember back in 2015 when convergency was all the rage and everybody gave up on it? Not Mm. because it's not possible, but because it's such a pain in the ass. I mean, you see it in Windows 10. Like the settings menu and stuff, that is so not built for desktop. That is so built for tablets and phones. But how ugly it is too. Definitely goes for tablets and phones how ugly it is. But... (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's it's the it's a new beginning for Microsoft. I think it's also why they're starting to like you know bundle Python on the store and all this other stuff. They're they're finally. I actually feel like Linux has actually become a threat to them. Oh, of course. Like, maybe not for consumers, but for developers. I mean, right well, now. I mean, Apple is completely abandoning developers, and so they developers need somewhere else to go. I mean, when. A couple of years ago, when the uh, 
when Apple announced the i the the trash can iPad iMac Pro or the Mac Pro or whatever, like I, I heard from some people that I know that work at um, Linux hardware companies, they were like, "Dude, that was the best thing Apple ever did for our community because they sold like so much more than they ever did." before apple announced this because apple was legit like hey professionals and people who like our stuff go f yourself because you guys suck and everyone was like all right well i'm not going to use a windows machine so linux it is and they yeah, went they and brought bought. back the cheese grater yeah yep so it's uh, like what's with apple and kitchen appliances and various other things they literally want to make uh computers appliances that's what it what, is a cheese grater yeah a trash can with an ashtray on top, like come on, man. <laughs> like, like there's way nicer things in the kitchen than a trash can. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god. Yeah, and even the new one. The new one is not really all that upgradable. It just I mean, looks more normal. It has PCI slots, but they're like yeah. But doesn't it have soldered RAM? No, the RAM is upgradable too. There's like thirteen or fourteen slots for RAM. Oh. I thought it was all soldered on. Well, that's good. Yeah. I the mean, Mac, it. I know Pro. it has PCI Express slots, but you're not going to be able to put anything in that until someone actually makes something that can go in it. I don't. I don't know if it's proprietary or not, but I just mean like drivers. Well, the the Apple controls all the drivers, so yeah. What do you, you can't just throw anything you want in there. Right. the The thing is, like, they're gonna have. Uh, they have like standard PCI slots, but then you can get like full length cards. Like you could back in in the Apple or in the like you know IBM PC days, and they go like the full length of the case, and the back half is like a proprietary like there's an extra proprietary slot there that provides power to the card and like allows for another PCI lane on the same card. Uh, I mean it's, that's cool and all, but yeah. I don't know what you're gonna put there. I mean I know it's a it's supposed to be a workstation, so there might be some. Some sort of uh, workstation hardware that goes there. Oh yeah, but there's I can't like think of any. there's there's like uh, ProRes decoding uh, solutions, like bespoke ones. So that's yeah, what that but that's is. pretty niche though. Like, that's not yeah. a big seller. Oh, man, I think it's like it costs like four thousand dollars or some crazy number, but but yeah. Anyway. Well, and then you know they have their new uh, their new uh, monitor with their one thousand dollars stand. Yeah, it's pretty. Got to talk about that. But anyway, back to Windows. Um, so Windows, <laughs> I think, is finally kind of starting to feel the hit. Like, I think Linux is actually growing. And I, I, I think it's too late. I think the momentum's there now. Yeah. Like, I think we're growing. I mean, it's slow, but we're growing. It's slow, but we're still at least growing. Yeah. Apple, I don't know if Apple's going to grow anymore. I think Apple's going to be on the decline now. And then it'll just be... Because, I mean, their hardware, they don't really offer anything. Like they, they they're well, very they're expensive. The thing they don't is, offer anything. the thing is, the only person who was able to like run Apple was Steve Jobs, and there's not Dave's another an human being that can run Apple, because because like literally Steve Jobs was such an abrasive person, and he was a vi- he Steve Jobs. I don't care what anybody says. He was a visionary, and he expected more he was an actual leader and he expected more out of his employees than what they could actually deliver and he was he knew when to stop pushing people and to get what he wanted out of them right that's why steve well Jobs he was probably so- also wouldn't have built an office without walls 
made out of glass. Hmm. I can't believe they're you, you know that, right? Like they're they're that big headquarters they built. They had to like redo am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Oh, okay. What? It's just it What I, I, a wall was made out of glass? What are you talking about? Uh, are you still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, my whole system just locked up there for a second. Whatever. Huh. It just it just froze. Huh. Discord was like, hello, 98% of your processors. <laughs> wow. I was like, well, thanks, Discord. Super. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, they, they built that giant headquarters and it's really echoey. It turns out walls and stuff on the walls and stuff not made out of glass. There's a reason for it all. Yeah. Anyway, back to Windows again. Um, <laughs> I actually feel that this split is a pretty good idea. Now, whether or not it ends up being good for everyone, I don't know. It's good for Microsoft. Yeah. But I don't know if it's good for everyone else. Plus, you know, it makes sense that Windows finally learns from Linux and learns that, hey, you don't have to update the whole damn operating system. You can just update the components that need to be updated. Right. Because, you know, they got so much stuff tied in together. Now, I think it's going to be years before we see anything from it, probably. Because it's probably going to take them a while to, you know, uncouple everything. Right. And if not, you know, whatever. I mean, neither of us really uses Windows, so it's like, whatever. Yeah, Windows is pretty lame, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm ex- really I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. But I, I also kind of wonder, would that allow, um, like when this actually is delivered, would that allow you to have like a shellless version of Windows? Like, would yeah, you be theory. able to like load in like GNOME or KDE Plasma or something? I doubt have... it because well, yeah, you know, it runs off different kernels and stuff. But yeah, in in theory, if they unpack, if they uncoupled everything, I suppose you could write your own desktop environment for it. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool. Like, I would yeah. actually consider trying Windows 10 or or Windows Core if I could run GNOME as the desktop environment. I think that would, I wouldn't use it as my daily driver, but that would be a fun uh, a fun little experiment. I think. Yeah, I think I think them learning more about Linux and realizing that people. You know, like, it is nice to go the Apple approach and only mandate one thing because you get massive UI consistency. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. with Windows, so. I mean, they don't have any UI consistency, but that's... Well, they, they, they technically do, technically. Um, no. But there is there is a lot. Like, you know, I'm a big i3 fan. You know that. Love my i3. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Linux is about choice and freedom. Windows is about running software that you can't run anywhere else and the only reason you use it is because Linux doesn't support it. Yeah, vendor lock. And Macs are about just feeling more smug than everyone else. I don't really know what Macs are about. Macs are about feeling like a creative. Oh, okay. So basically yeah. feeling smug. Elitism. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, spend $1,500 for a computer that's slower than a $400 HP. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean... Oh man, did you read I that article? I guess the article? screen's better. Oh, uh, what was the? I, I don't know if it was an article or if it was like a Linus Tech Tips video. I think it was a Linus Tech Tips video. Like, why are Apple products slower than Windows? Did you read? Did you see that video? 
No, but I can tell you right now, most of it's because they use laptop hardware and they don't use desktop hardware. And it's also because, like, they rely on speed boost to do, like, you know, common tasks. And, uh, and they, like, don't thermal throttle until it's way too late. And so, like, if you're browsing the web and you're like, oh, this website feels really snappy on a, on a MacBook. And then you go to a, a PC and you're like, oh, this website doesn't feel quite as snappy. But then you go to render a video on a, on a you know, MacBook and it's like dog slow and you go to render it on, on Windows and it's like, Psh, no problem, bro. It's because of the way that they prioritize the aesthetics of the fans turning on rather than, uh, you know, the, the actual like performance of the of the hardware. It's insane. Yeah. Well, a lot of the I don't know how it is now, but a lot of the iMacs, you know, which are desktops, quote unquote, you know, they just use laptop hardware. Right. You know, even even if you get the same GPU, the laptop variant is always going to be slightly slower. Yeah. And, you know, so you're doing that all across the board. I mean, I know why they do it. For starters, it's about thermal because they, even their iMacs, they want them to be really thin. And they have a huge problem with thermal. They, they yeah. Apple they can't make anything any smaller now. Because if, remember, they tried it like two years ago and there was like, their computers got super, super hot. Remember that? Yeah, and their their keyboards were breaking because they sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apple literally lives off of its brand, nothing else. Yeah, and and they're the wealthiest company in the world. Hey, man. Yeah. It's easy to do when you sell like a fifteen dollar pair of headphones for three hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I I would do it. Yeah. I want to spend three hundred bucks for fifteen dollars worth of parts. Yeah, man, go for it. And you know, it's New funny because the Linux that, gamer merch store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because like people only MSRP that stuff based off of what where like where they could buy it, like Alibaba and various other places. It's like, man, Apple probably pays half that, half. Yeah, because you know they buy it in so much bulk. So that just goes to show how much money Apple makes, and their phones. If you notice, their phones have been getting more and more expensive. Like. Can yeah. people even afford their phones now? No. Because they're they're reaching like what twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for like a mod like their mid range model or something. Well you know why model? you know why the uh Pixel three A was released, right? I have no idea. Because Google wanted money. Well, the the three was a flop because it was a it was like a flagship priced phone and nobody buys flagship phones anymore. And so really? they, they released a 3A. They cut down a bunch of features so they could release a mid-range phone. And uh, that's why that exists. And the same thing with, like, Apple. Like, Apple is going back to being a premium brand. Like, they don't want to be, like, the brand for uh, anyone to buy an iPhone. They want, like, princes and CEOs to buy their phones, and that's it. Hmm. But there's more money in everyone buying it. Meh. They don't care. <laughs> Clearly, they hate you. By the way, they hate everybody. Ah, it's <laughs> they, fine. They I've never. I don't bother crap anyway. So. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know what what to do. They don't know how to run that company. You know, honestly, I feel like I'd give a. I'd if I had a chance to run Apple, I feel like I'd give it a good shot, and I feel like I could do a pretty a decent job. It would basically be yell at everyone until they delivered what you wanted. That would be what they're. That that's how you run Apple. You have to yell at people. 
be like, I would, uh, if given like, the opportunity. This sucks. This is terrible. Go back and I hope you die in a hole or fall down the stairs. <laughs> That's what Steve Jobs was like. He was a dick to everyone. And so it's like, you know, this is terrible. You are a horrible person. Now go make a better version of this. And, yeah. and you know, that's Tim Cook doesn't do that. And so I don't think he could. I think no. Apple's become too. Uh, I think I think you make most of the employees cry and run away. Yeah. But I mean, that's what they need. <laughs> oh, clearly. Um, honestly, uh, if ever given the opportunity to run Apple <gasps> outside of having to live in California and then San Francisco, um, I don't know. I, I would probably say the biggest change for me would probably be wanting to move away from Intel and not go AMD. I mean, abandon x86 altogether. Like ARM instead? Or go back to PowerPC, maybe. PowerPC, Power... really? Yeah, dude. PowerPC is awesome. Dude, modern PowerPC processors can do one, uh, sorry, eight threads per core, man. Hell yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. No, they've gotten crazy. Yeah, they're still not as cool as x86 machines. They still run hotter, but man, they're beasts, man. They're, they're really good. Huh. I would. And they've supported PCI 4 for over a year now. Really? Yeah, they're always ahead of the curve. But, you know, where do we use PowerPC? Supercomputers. So, you know, yeah. they're pretty obvious in certain places. But that Talos uh, workstation... I've been getting more and more tempted at trying to get one of those things, man. Getting dual 22 cores. Where is that? Oh, you've, you haven't seen the Talos machine? Hang on, man. It's Are you like the only. Telio from System76? No, 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 no. Also, my mic fell over. Oh, Talos workstation. Da, da, da. Do, 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 do. Where are you? There you are. There you go. No, man. Talos. Hmm. By the way, it's really expensive, <laughs> which is why I haven't done it. Because it's, oh my god! Holy crap! Starting at fifty-eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Dang, son. They only have the uh, S SMT four. Actually, believe it or not, AMD is uh, going to SMT three or SMT four. So they'll have either uh, three threads per core or four. I don't remember which one they were doing, but it was wow. one or the other. Yeah, and Intel is just zombie load, and I don't know dying yeah i can't really think of anything else intel's doing right now so dying i mean aren't they working on their own like discrete gpu yeah but i think they were also hoping to sell processors in the meantime oh right yeah <laughs> yeah ryzen is like pretty sweet yeah threadripper is even yeah. sweeter yeah i know man the latest ryzen is faster than my threadripper Someone asked me, like, oh, are you going to move to uh, the new Ryzen? I was like, hell no, man. I'm waiting for whatever the Ryzen 3 Threadripper is. Yeah. Because if, if that's, I mean, in fairness, that thing's not cheap. It is $750. But right. it's still faster than mine. And it's cheaper. Except that I have to buy a new motherboard. So am I, I guarantee my motherboard's probably actually better than most Ryzen boards. You know, at least for the consumer stuff. Anyway. Yeah. There are advantages to getting a more high-end motherboard. But this motherboard also has problems because it's a Gen 1 motherboard. I'm actually looking forward to when the... Because uh, I've always said, when the AM... Sorry, not AM3. When the, when the Threadripper 3 comes out, I was going to get a new one. Because this board is a pain in the ass. 
I mean, I've, you know, updated it several times now and it's gotten better, but it's just because, you know, Razin was new, Threadrippers were new, and you know how it is. It's always got some weird issues whenever really new stuff comes out, Yeah, which is fine. You know, I'm, I'm not really complaining that much. It's just I'd like to get away from it if possible. I keep the RAM, though. RAM's nice. RAM doesn't bother anybody. Right. I just upgraded to, I have like uh, 32 gigs of RAM. Which is like I know you have like three or four times that, but sixty four. Yeah, I have oh, twice. I can okay. put one hundred twenty eight apparently, although I don't know where I would. I haven't been able to find sixteen gig sticks. Is the problem? Yeah. It's like yeah, I can do it. Okay, sure. Where am I going to get sixteen gig sticks? Can't find them anywhere. I know they make them. Trust me, I know they make them, but I've never seen them. Yeah. But the board in theory supports it. Cool. Well, all right, we've gone off topic again. I think you it's know fine. what? I think Windows. that's why people like it when you're around is because we go off topic and we stay true to the name of the show. When I'm when it's just me, I'm kind of like on topic the whole time, and I'm not living up to the name and the legacy of you the show. A, when when it's just you, you should put a slash through off topical and call it the on topical. <laughs> yeah, the on topical podcast. Brought to you by. Go on, man. Say your name. Brought oh, to you by Gardner Bryant. Wow. Okay, we need to work <laughs> on like your opening a little bit. <laughs> the On Topical Podcast brought to you by Gardner Bryant. Kind of, kind of reminded me of what's his name? Uh, that retro guy. Retro, retro guy. Yeah, he covers mostly retro computers, but he's our age, which means he would have. Been like just a wee little kid when those machines came out. Oh, you're talking about LGR. LGR. Yeah, LGR. There we go. Yes. Clint. Love this channel, by the way. Clint Basinger, LGR. I love LGR. Dude, he's awesome. I wish he was more into Linux because then maybe he would go to a Linux group. And we could meet him. Yeah, he's he does like he's done a couple things with Linux, but not a whole lot. Um, yeah, he really likes his old 8-bit and 16-bit machines. He's yeah, not big on these modern machines. It's really funny when you see a video and he's just like Windows XP. It's like. Come on! <laughs> I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for Windows XP. Yeah, I tried I the other day. I tried Windows XP the other day. Um, and um, it, it didn't hold up as well. No, no. <laughs> you know, I miss hitting the super key and just typing for what I want is what it is. Yeah. You can't do that on XP. You can still run a search, though. I did that. And it oh took like God. five minutes to get through and find what I wanted. Yeah. And then, you know programs remember all programs and then that thing would just like open up and be freaking huge yeah oh i miss it but i don't miss it at the same time i have a i have a windows 98 machine right here i think i've told you about that yeah but windows 98 is really nice it was before they went you know emerged nt into their mainline you know right. mainstream consumers although windows 2000 professional was also pretty good me was awful i don't know why people like it I know I it brought like some it. nice new stuff to the to the table, but it just tended to just blue screen, and that's just come on, really. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this story. <laughs> we want to know what you guys think about uh, about the the move to uh, modular modularizing uh, Windows uh, 10, the operating system. Uh, let us know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io. Uh, you can also send us an email show at offtopical.net.
Oh man, the last story here, CERN ditches Microsoft products in favor of open source alternatives. What do you think about this, my friend? I thought, because every time I see anything from CERN, they're always using KDE Plasma. I didn't even know they even used Windows. They they license a lot of software, including like uh, Outlook uh, and uh, like uh, Office 365 and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that they have... Um, uh what was some of the other stuff they had um yes um, i'm reading the article now ah but anyway yeah anyway i always thought that because i know they use a lot of linux like we've known that for years yeah weren't they part of like the scientific so, linux thing yes so it was very shocking to me that that they used Windows at all. Although I have to admit, it's kind of stupid of Microsoft to just keep charging exorbitant licensing fees to an educational group. I mean, yes, CERN is technically not an educational group, but they also kind of are. And yes, they have a lot of money because so many countries just bankroll CERN. I think the U.S. also helps bankroll CERN, even though we're not even over there. Yeah. Like, everyone kind of helps bankroll CERN. Because, you know, they do some pretty nice stuff that not one country could probably afford. Or have the damn space for. Because, you know, it's kind of a big facility. Yeah. But it's like, Microsoft, it's like, really? Because now Microsoft just looks like a bunch of asses. Because they're like, well, they were just charging too much. And no well, one's going to care. So they were getting the, the academic rate. And um, and then Microsoft was like, eh, actually, uh, you can probably afford to pay more. And we're raising your prices. And they were like, yeah, you know what? Actually, we're not going to use your st hey, stuff anymore. Small blessings. They're not going to be using closed stuff anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm happy for them. Uh, and they're, they actually started their own project called uh malt which stands for microsoft alternative and uh this project is gonna have like uh a list of like the software that they are replacing uh the, like the the windows they're the microsoft version of the software and the software that they're replacing it with and that's really cool nice <laughs> i like uh, how they call it malt yeah malt is really nice uh, uh i don't know what else to say about this story though i don't know do you have any more thoughts on this not really. Although it is nice that Linux is slowly starting to like leak itself into a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. Like it's taken a long time and everyone's laughed at us, but we're just like, we're like a really slow growing weed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, like weeds usually go really quick and then they die. We're like the world's slowest growing weed, but we're not a tree because, you know, we're just not. <laughs> trees don't, trees don't come up through concrete, man. And we will oh, we'll come yeah, up through yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, you. like I hear dandelions, you. man, they grow up through like the road. It's like, screw you, this crack here, I'm growing through it. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, how That's are you awesome. doing that? It's like, there's <laughs> no dirt under there. There's a speck of it. It's like, okay. But anyway, my, my point is, is we've slowly grown to the point where I don't think there's any way to really get rid of Linux anymore. And I think Microsoft has realized that too. Like, there is yeah. no way to get rid of it. Because now that CERN is using Linux. Everyone coming into work at CERN, whether they like Linux or not, is going to use it. Right. And most of them are going to like it. 
which means they're going to get their kids to like it or their relatives or whatever. So we're just slowly growing outwards. And I'm sure I wasn't here, but I'm sure you know that South Korea is trial running, leaving Microsoft in place of Linux. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. And, you know, there were some people that were skeptical about that. Well, it didn't work in Germany. Yes, but that's because Germany only did it in one city. Yeah. It doesn't really work when only one of your major cities in your country uses it because then you have huge issues. Whoops, that wasn't supposed to fall over. Um, but South Korea is doing it for their whole country, their whole entire country. So they're not going to have any issues. So when they need to talk to people like internationally that use Word, they only need like a machine or two. They don't need, you know, everyone having that. So I think it's kind of nice, actually. Yeah, I think that the whole world should use Linux because really I'm an idealist. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And can you imagine how amazing Linux would be if you had the whole world backing it? That would be because awesome. a lot of things that people are worried about can't change because of the way Linux is, like the way it's licensed and everything. You, you're not just going to lose Linux. Like, yes, right. Microsoft could do its embrace, extend, extinguish any day they want. Who cares? We'll just keep our version of Linux and they can piss off with their version. Right. Doesn't matter. That's the beauty of everything being GPL. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, so many people these days are like, oh, the GPL doesn't seem like a very free license. The purpose of the GPL is to keep things free, not let people do whatever they want with it. And, you know, there's a very clear distinction because, you know, MIT's become very popular these days. I just don't think MIT is good for an operating system kernel. I think it's great for like uh -huh. a game engine. But not for an operating system kernel. I think MIT is is good for um, like li like shared libraries, but I think like GPL is better for um, you know system core and, and stuff like that that needs to be open. Yeah, because GPL also forces you to give back to changes. Right. So you know you the problem with the biggest problem with for me with MIT is not that people can do anything they want with it. Cause I don't care about that. But it's like if you really improve something, you don't have to give it back. And that sucks because, you know, there might one day be something that's like, I don't know, like, you know, maybe one day someone will fort, you know, Godot and turn it into like this very, really impressive engine. And they don't have to give it back. Hell, they can sell it if they want to. Right. Which admittedly, that's not really a big deal for something like that. But if it was an operating system, that's that's a big deal. You know what I would like, though, what I would really like. And this is going to be way off topic and have nothing to do with CERN, but I'm going to say it anyway, because why not? It's already an hour and 22 minutes. Why not extend it further? <laughs> I would really like someone to make a brand new operating system that is literally just like a modern version of DOS. Like a with complete... multitasking? Yeah, okay. with multitasking and everything, but it's still just terminal slash command line. But you can make it look pretty, you know, kind of like i3 is. But, like, for the most... Because you've never used DOS. And I know I've been, like, telling you you need to use DOS. And you're just like, I don't want to use DOS. DOS is stupid. DOS is but obsolete. You shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> you, well, first off, I'm talking about using free DOS when I say DOS. Not not MS-DOS. I mean literally free DOS. Because, come on, we're, we're open source fanatics here. We like our uh, we like our stuff to have free in the word. Like free DOS. Yeah. Because uh, FreeDOS has a lot of features that MS-DOS doesn't have. Like, for starters, <laughs> networking that actually works. <laughs> like mm. a TCIP stack. <laughs> That's wonderful to have. Yeah. Like it just has one. 
Like, you know, you don't have to worry if your driver came with one for your really old network card. No, it just has one, and it's quite modern. Anyway, I would I would really like that. Because there's... You can ask Lunduke about it. Uh, but there's something nice about using DOS. And... Because, see, what I would really like is for DOS to be kind of how it is now, but allow stuff to run in the background. So, like, for example, let's say I'm listening to music. You know, I could turn on music and then I could switch to like my text editor and start coding. It's kind mm. of difficult to do that with DOS because you really kind of can't do that. <laughs> so that would be really cool to do J- purely for the fact of it really helps you keep your workflow because there's less distractions. Yeah. There's way less distractions. I understand why some writers still use DOS to write. And why, you know, like, you know, I have my DOS machine beside me. I love it. I love working on it. And it's not just because it's old and it's fun to code directly on the hardware, like literally on the hardware to the point where you can blow your monitor, figuratively anyway. Um, because it's it's nice. It's nice to just have that, you know, I'll, I'll open up my text editor. This is all I have now. There's nothing else running. And, you know, my applications don't need a gig of RAM to operate. They only need a few megabytes, if that. It's nice. Hmm. I mean, that sounds I will, nice. Yeah, you can install uh, FreeDOS inside a DOS box if you want. I probably won't. You won't. It's okay. <laughs> I'll bring my DOS machine to you one day, and I'll sit you down, and then you'll end up liking it, and then I'll immediately go to Twitter and tell everyone how much you like it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, no. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. Well, don't be able to do any video editing on it though. Yeah, probably not. Uh, do you imagine? Do you imagine trying to render a 4K video? Like, assuming you could even have enough RAM to fit it in there, how long it would take for that poor processor to calculate everything? It would probably take like, years. Eh, maybe days. Probably days. No, years. Maybe a few weeks. I don't think it take years. Dude, come on! I'm talking like a 486, not like a 286 running at like three megahertz or something. <laughs> All right, let's let's be let's be a little modern. Let's not be talking like 1979 or 1981, something like that. It's pretty old. Dude, I throw I throw 16 freaking cores at it. At rendering a 4K video, it takes two hours at like 3.6 gigahertz. I it use my take... graphics card. Well, you know what? My graphics mm-hmm. card doesn't play mm-hmm. quite quite nice with that. Yeah, I know. But you have still, the open source drivers. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think about CERN? <laughs> CERN is awesome. Uh, the end. Or FreeDOS. What do you guys think about either of those things? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've never used DOS. I'm more of a, I'm more of a gooey guy. I like goo. So uh, yeah, there's that. But uh, yeah, I think that's gonna install free gem on your DOS machines. <laughs> nice. Have you ever seen free gem? No, I haven't. Oh well, I will get free gem while you close out the show. Nice. Well, guys, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for being loyal uh, listeners to the show. Uh, thank you to Raven for being here. Uh, uh, like uh, it has been uh, kind of a slog to do the show without you, my friend. Oh, don't worry, man. I'll be here now for, well, I guess forever, really. Nice, nice. Yes. I got him committed forever, guys. <laughs> well, you know, I'm an immortal. I live forever. Right. Not as nice looking as Keanu Reeves, but... I was literally about to say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. But anyway, this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and uh, let's do this again soon.